DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time for the question of the day. PK, you had a busy day on Facebook, man. You're getting after it. You were putting up one after another. Good work. Or three. Started with the Utes got commitments from two California high school quarterbacks. Have the Utes broken through? Followed it up with, I think the Clippers got another one left. One more comeback. One more win. Extend their season. They're facing elimination tonight. And then with the news breaking late last night, Dennis Lindsay transitioning to an advisory role for the Jazz. Justin Zanuck will continue to run the day-to-day operations. What do you make of it? We got three questions. You got a favorite you want to jump in on? Well, I think you go with the news there, buddy. (laughs) Dennis Lindsay calling the shots 2012, but going into the advisory role now, much as Kevin O'Connor did when he left the Jazz. Yeah, I'm interested in what the fans think of this because – from my perspective, okay, great, fine. I don't care who's calling the shots. I care what the shots are called. And if they add up to W's. Yeah, if I, and I, I believe I represent the fans. I've never played the game. I'm not an ex-player. Uh, I'm not a pretty face. I'm not a host. Uh, I'm just a guy who talks. And so I'm like the fan. And to me, from a fan perspective, what do I care? But... Everyone has their own opinion, and maybe some, the fans think that this is a big deal to them. Some fans attach themselves to uh, personalities. Jeff says, that's dumb. I want Dennis to stay put. And then uh, Jacob says, Danny freaking Ainge. Thomas, clearing room for Ainge. Of course. I mean, and, yep. and if you don't want us to acknowledge that, then we can just ignore the 800-pound gorilla <laughs> if you want. If, that, if that's what you're looking for and don't acknowledge what everybody else is thinking. Obviously, there's a connection there. We've known there's a connection there. Uh, so make of that what you want. And if that should come to that, I would go with the same line of thinking as, all right, fine. How good are you going to do? I mean, I believe Justin Zanuck can do the job just as well as anybody because there's no – certain thing that you need to meet to be able to be good at this job. You have to have experience and Ainge or whomever has experience. Justin Exanic has experience. Dennis Lindsay Den- had experience. Dennis Lindsay. Kevin O'Connor had experience. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're not going to take somebody's friend just because they're your friend and move them into that position, right? That doesn't work. We've seen that with Jordan and what we've heard in his positions of hiring his friends. And Washington and Charlotte, they've sucked for a long, long time. So from that perspective, sure, don't do that. You don't want to do that. But you, you have – once you own the team, I view it like a head coach in college. A head coach in college, in my mind, deserves to have pretty much whoever he wants to have on his staff, which is why you end up with a lot of head coaches – who hire their brothers. Let's call it like it is. They have their brothers or they have their sons on the staff. I'm guessing the Reed who got in the trouble here and had been in trouble probably not is going to be an NFL coach unless his father was the head coach. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, But you see that. And we see they're here with Utah. They have a brother with zero experience. At that particular job. Would he have gotten that job without his brother? Probably not. 
But that's the way of the world. Would Kyle made it out of Idaho State the way he did if Fred weren't on the staff? Connections matter. Relationships matter. You can, yeah, I don't remember at that time, so I, I, I think he would have made it out of Idaho State. I don't think 30 years later he'd still be coaching at Idaho State. Uh, but at that time. So you deserve to have who you have. I remember when Majerus was pushing out Judkins. And what are you doing? This guy's a, a local legend in a sense. You know, played there, played locally. Was a, I think it was like all state in multiple sports when he was in high school. Went there, was a great player, played the NBA, comes back. And even though I thought it was an extremely raw deal, I still sort of took the idea of, well, Majerus gets to have who he wants. Because these are such uh, high-profile, intense jobs. So in this case, it's the same thing at the pro level. I mean, you see a number of sons who've been on staffs. Frank Layden had his son on his staff. Yep. Right? Colangelo. Yeah. Did the same thing. My father, when he was a janitor, he brought me aboard. And I was an assistant janitor. Now back to the NBA, Bickerstaff. True story. Another name. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Well, he needed help. Okay. And I helped him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told you that story when we were... It yeah, was you night. did now. Yeah, right. And it was a bank office building, not a bank bank where you make deposits and stuff. And the security guy is training a new guy, and it's like 9 o'clock at night, and he says, he's telling people, showing people, this new security guy, who the people are, and he sees us in the hall. Those are the janitors. Like, those are the scum. Those are the lows. That's stuck with me all these years. Yeah. You've told the story before. <laughs> all these years later. <laughs> That, that, that stuck with me. Uh, so uh, those things happen. And at this level, uh, if Ryan Smith wants to hire man, woman, X, Y, Z, so be it. Fan perspective, if you make great picks and make great moves, whatever those moves are, and your ball club is winning, great. If not, you can hire a complete stranger who has 100 years of experience, and if that person doesn't make good moves and the ball club is losing, you're going to face heat. And conversely, you can hire somebody with no experience, and if that person makes great moves and the ball club is winning, you're going to get lavish praise. Simple as that. Just win, baby. From from the fan perspective, I believe that's all the fans really want and all they really care about. Now, I, I don't think it's just win, baby. I don't. I don't. I don't agree. But with that's that. the biggest piece of the puzzle, right? But you, in this community of especially, and and you can go across the board, you, they've got to be decent people. They can't be and, running and around people doing stupid feel, things. That's true. And people want to feel like they know them and mm. want to have that glow. That's our guy. Uh, they they think they know them. I was talking to some agreed with that somebody yeah. uh, out to dinner on Friday asking me about Conley, and she said, oh, "It seems like they you know they they just have great relationships one with another." And I look at her, so what? And they got <laughs> bounced in the second round. Would you rather have them hate each other and play in the NBA Finals? Yes. So I mean, we play up that these are great guys and they get along and and that's that's nice, but. What does that really matter? They lost to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. How much of their great friendships matter? 
Went through that a couple of years ago, too. Everybody had the, the feel good and the hugs. That's nice. Yeah. But in the end... All the guys they, go to dinner. Remember that storyline? We heard that a few yeah, times. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's a little hokey. And I think in our community, the fans are so perceived as tight. They're tight in their passion. They're not tight in their relationships. But they think that, that that matters. And sure, that's nice. But, you know, years later, what does it matter? I mean, these guys uh, palling around with each other, all those guys from the two finals years, are they tight with each other now? Or do they occasionally see each other or talk to each other? Or maybe they are tight. And maybe, maybe they've maintained long-distance relationships. But everybody eventually goes your separate ways. So I just want the team to win. And if that comes along with it, great. But if it doesn't, and I suppose it really can't, there's got to be some of that has to go hand in hand. So I understand that. Uh, But I think that's overblown a little bit. Get along on the floor and be okay with each other off the floor. You don't have to be best of friends. But find ways to win. And that's what's most important. And Justin Zanuck, it's not like he's stepping into a situation. He's already there. Assistant GM for two years, GM for two more years after that. It's not like he's got to be introduced to everybody. He no. Knows, he knows the names and faces. And I like the idea of continuity. Dennis made a statement last week uh, after they, uh, I guess it's a little over a week now, uh, they got beat on that Saturday. He talked about we err on the side of continuity, which I think is important. Because if you have continuity and you have a good team, then it stands to reason the next year you're going to have a good team again. Don't make change for change's sake. That's the one thing that has always bugged me at the pro level. I, I just don't understand the change for change's sake. I understand change to try to improve. May not, but that's the intent. So you've got continuity here. So roll the dice and make the bold move if you think it's going to push you over the top. If you go to that extreme, there's levels of trying to improve. If you just took it to the highest level... And that's fine, too. Sometimes you have to be, if the situation presents itself, to be extremely bold. Sure, that's great if that's, if that's there for you and you think it's the right move. Yeah. But to me, this situation causes me no angst. It doesn't cause me to be more interested. It doesn't cause me to be less interested. Yeah, I think what makes it people more interested here is that we don't have the NFL and Major League Baseball. And you follow all those teams in Arizona, and it's not that a change there isn't a big deal, because it is, but you're also distracted because the next season's already going on when somebody does something there offseason. And if that next season is going well, that eats up a lot of time and interest. And so some of that stuff is a little more under. Here, if the Jazz do something, it's huge news. It's not going to get buried because there's a big NFL game going on or, you know, the NFL team in town is having a big season. That's exactly true, yes. They are the number one story whenever they choose to be the number one story, and that's more often than not. They are the dominant team, absolutely, and they're the dominant organization, and uh, we obsess over every little thing, which is rightly so given our market and what we have in our community so, yes, so it is, this is big, big news. I agree on that. But the, new, the result of the news 
doesn't cause me any level, and I use the word anxiety, not in the real world level, but in sports anxiety, the like following sports the team. Yeah, I because you already have someone there, and okay, and yeah, so um, we've heard stuff. You know, stuff is out there. We've been around. You and I, speaking specifically, and others on our station, have been around for years, and so we hear. And you can't go run to the microphone every time you hear something. This isn't, uh, you know, where everyone lives in perfect harmony. Uh, so it's too there's competitive. Some, there's tension. It's this too. Element. It's too. It's you know? too competitive. There's too many decisions being made. Yeah. Why did we draft another big guy? Big guys are being phased out. I mean, go back and pull back the curtain a little bit, and hopefully people don't get upset about that. But. You know, we heard that at the time of the draft. Why why they drafting another big guy when big guys don't seem to have the level of importance that they used to have. Uh, but then, I, I don't know if I can call it conflict uh, because that might be too strong. Nor do I think if you call it conflict that that's necessarily unhealthy. Well, I don't think that there was no conflict for a long time and then there was conflict, so this happened. That isn't the way... That isn't the way it works. There's conflict all along. You can't put a bunch of people in the room for draft, trade, free agency, buyouts. You kind of have the four you know, phases, and they each have their own time on the NBA schedule. You can't have all those decisions and have everybody on the same page See, that's the that. But I hesitate to use the word conflict. I, I get that. Disagreement? That's not necessarily. Varying opinions. Varying opinions, yeah. yeah. That's not ne- just because then, you but, think one way, I think the other way. Not, that not, that's yeah. not the definition of conflict. But it, it's not just that. It's also working together and coexisting day to day. And it's, it, there, there's a wide range of stuff. I mean, it's just, it, it's a wide range of stuff. Yeah, but I don't consider that necessarily conflict. There's varying levels of yeah. conflict. Conflict, just a disagreement or a different opinion that's not conflict you have that all the time and and, and to a degree i think that's healthy you don't want yes man either that's not going to help you so dennis into an advisory role do you think down the line he's young enough we see him running another nba team how old is he I want to say mid-50s. We'll have to look it up. 52 is what Yach just threw out there. You know that, Yach, or you're throwing out a number? Yeah, the reports last night say he's 52 years old. 52. Well, that seems awfully young to just yeah, correct. dip in, uh, you know, a week before the draft. Oh, here's what I think. Thanks for calling by. <laughs> well, also, there's a lot of wiggle room. Just like there's a lot of wiggle room in the word like conflict, there's a lot of wiggle room in the word advisor. Some advisors are way more plugged in than others and spend more time than others. I mean, you got the proverbial spend more time with your family. Your, your family's older now. Yeah, the kids are. How much time do you spend with your kids? Yeah, <laughs> whatever I can get. <laughs> I just, mine's Not as zero. much. Not as much. But I have an unusual situation. Yeah. Uh, so I just, okay. I read that and thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of canned. Uh, but I don't know that. And if that's imp- Whatever. Best of luck to him, whatever he decides. Yeah. I'm fine. Well, other people way. in that role, I don't know, you, you travel, you do have more time for a year or two. It was just at uh, BYU Media Day. Um, Daryl Funk, the new old line coach, didn't coach last year and had more time to reconnect and do all that. And then he said, and my wife is ready for me to get a job and coach again. So, I mean, forever? I mean, a year or two? 
Uh, wasn't he with BYU last year, unpaid role? That was Kevin Kloon. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I have no idea how old Daryl yeah. Funk is until they hired him. I'd never heard of Daryl Funk. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK with the three questions up there. The NBA playoffs, college football, still to get to those. Stay with us. We'll get to all of those coming up. Also coming up later this morning, Shane Young, NBA analyst and columnist for Forbes Sports. At 8 o'clock, Eric Walden, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune at 9. Brandon Huffman. National recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports joins us at 9.30. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.